0: Good morning to all of you. It's good to see all of you here with us, all of you uh, here with us this morning. Uh, Today is, of course, Family Sunday, so it's good to have all of our extra guests in here with us as well. Parents, I'm going to try and keep this uh, succinct, I guess, uh, was what I would say. Uh, uh, You know, we talk about that video, we're we're highlighting our groups this week. If you're not part of one of our groups, uh, that truly is the best way to get involved in the church and I think Tim said it best in the video. You might think you're coming for a Bible study. You might think you're coming for a church event and you leave with a bunch of friends. And I've been so happy to see, uh, you know, just things that come to mind recently. Uh, one of our people here had a medical emergency when I went to text them to see what was going on. They said, well, I texted my group. I guess I just forgot to text you. And I was like, that is awesome to hear. Uh, and there's a lot of times you can come in and out of here each week and feel disconnected, but a group connects you with the people that are close to you in in life. Now, I'm not going to promise that anybody's going to come clean your house, uh, or that you're going to find a camping buddy, but I do think you'll find a friend that can help you in your relationship uh, with Jesus along the way. Well, for those of us that that have not been with us in this series titled Available, we have been going through the different letters of the word shape as an acronym, to discover who we are and how we can all be more available to be used by God. And thus far, we've talked about our spiritual gifts, which is the gift that God gave to us to become, when we became a Christian. We've talked about our heart, which is what we really care about, what's what we're passionate about, what causes a stirring inside of our souls. we talked about our abilities, which are the things that God has blessed you with that you're just really good at. And so what are the things that you are really good at? that you could use to serve in the church. Last week, we talked about your personality, and we discovered that your personality is part of your DNA. It's, how God, it's part of how God knit you together in your mother's womb. And so nothing about us is accidental, and God only wants to strengthen your personality when it comes to service for the kingdom. And this week, we're going to be talking about our experiences, but we'll come back to that in just a minute. Now, as you know, I I love these Family Sundays because it gives us the ability to have our next generation staff help me on these Family Sundays uh, because maybe they're not teaching or it just is a unique opportunity to have them be a part of the service in a way they may not be able to on a normal Sunday. So we had Aubrey come and give our focus and and lead us into communion and she had to head off teaching and Luke is actually preaching his first sermon ever up at our Marmette campus right now. Uh, And so uh, pray for him and pray for them all at the same time. Uh, I said, I'm just going to be praying that God can work through you, Luke. And you might not understand what that means, but you're going to need it. No, I'm just kidding. I do so they're not with us this morning, but I do have the the pleasure of having uh, Miss Piper. She's not teaching today, so she can come and assist me this morning. And listen, after the last Family Sunday, we had some weirdness. Like I asked him to come up here. Luke was eating. He was late. I mean, they were doing a lot of things that like made me a little nervous to have him come back up because they were doing things that like they needed to hear the hard truth on. And so I'm glad that we can just have a normal Sunday and have Miss Piper come with us this morning. Well, I was hoping for a normal Sunday. Piper, I told you, I told you to not dress up. I said, you wanted to dress up today, have people dress up. I said, we can't do that, even though it's Halloween, Clearly, you didn't listen, all right? Well,
1: we've been talking about the body, and so we were trying to think, what could represent the body, Oh, a skeleton? So I actually did find a skeleton at Walmart, but he wouldn't let me spend $30. So here we are Listen, offerings
0: have been down. We can't afford a skeleton for 30 bucks. That's not true. All right, so uh, (laughs) y'all are great, y'all are great. Uh, All right, actually, somebody offered us a skeleton. I said, no, this would be better. Uh, All right, so. Uh, you know, our kids have been talking about individuality. And, and so as a review, Piper, can you kind of walk us, walk through the adults with that uh, for us?
1: Yes. Actually, uh, where's some elementary kids? Who knows what individuality means? Miss Allison, could you shout it out for me? Yes. Okay. So using your gifts that God gave you, discovering who you were meant to be so you can make a difference. So actually we've been talking about God, how God created us all with these unique and special talents and how when we use them together, we can make a huge impact for God's kingdom.
0: All right. So today here we are as a church body together. Maybe some of you uncomfortably close to the church body around you. Uh, We're wrapping up our discussions on shape and individuality. And so Piper and I wanted to come and talk to you about discovering who we're meant to be so we can make a difference. You know, there's a misconception. When you hear the word individual or individuality, there's kind of a misconception that when we talk about that, it's all about you. It's only for your gain or it has to be done your way or the highway. But that's actually not how God made us at, at all. We are all special and unique. Yes, but we're also made together. See, God's so awesome that he made you in a unique way, but he made you in that way so you could work with others and achieve things that couldn't be accomplished alone.
1: So in um 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse uh, 12 or 16 through 18 through 20, sorry. It says, there is one body, but it has many parts. But all of its many parts make up one body. God has placed each part of the body just as he wanted it to be. If all the parts were the same, how could there be a body? As it is, there are many parts.
0: And it's the same with the church. You know, like if all of us were the same, how could we ever get anything done? Because we'd all just be doing the one thing. Paul understood the importance of us. When he wrote that, the apostle Paul understood the importance of us all using our individual gifts together with others. And Paul was trying to tell us that just like our body has to work together to do incredible things, we have human beings and followers of Jesus. Like we all have to be working together, so we too can do incredible things and point others toward Him. See, God made each and every one of us unbelievably unique and incredibly different, so we can make a difference in the world. But He also gave gave us gifts, and when we choose to use those gift gifts with others. The difference we can make in the world can go far beyond what we can do alone. You know, just on a smaller like smaller scale, as a church staff, Piper and Aubrey and, and and Luke, they all help me on a weekly basis do things like this, but also we work together to do and accomplish more than we would be able to individually. And so that is the picture of us as a body of Christ. What are the things that we could not accomplish on our own that we can accomplish as a body. So Piper, I'm glad that you were willing to dress up as a skeleton, and we're glad that you could be with us this morning. Can everybody give Piper a big round of applause? (laughs) Piper and Aubrey both helped me uh, immensely this morning as we got the donuts and the hot chocolate and the cider ready. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to check out the cafe on your way out this morning. Uh, I'm glad that Piper could help me out this morning. We're, we're glad we can do those things. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome to me that at the same time that we and here have been talking about shape, uh, Piper and the kids have been talking about individuality, something very similar in their classes. In fact, I feel like God is trying to do something special here at Gateway because the student ministry and their early childhood have been talking about similar, similar things recently as well. And to me, when a whole church ends up on a similar topic and it wasn't planned, (laughs) I think God's trying to move y'all. I think he's trying to do something. He's trying to say something and we need to be listening to that. All right, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we're talking about our experiences this morning. And we all have experiences that we can look back on. And as we keep moving forward in life, we discover that all of our experiences can be useful in the service of the Lord. Danish theologian Soren Kierkegaard said that life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. Now, we all have different experiences in our life, whether they're relational or educational, vocational, vacational, funny, painful, spiritual, whatever it is, no matter what life you've lived, you've had experiences of all types. And some experiences we would like to forget and we would like to never go back to, but some we, we hope we'll never forget, and some that we'll always remember. So when it comes to how God has shaped you on, on how to serve, your experiences make you very unique. Remember last week, you said that the last two letters of the SHAPE acronym are the most personal. Nobody else has your personality, unless, of course, you have a twin, and then, okay, maybe. But nobody else has the same experience as you. Nobody else has been through all that you've been through the way that you have been through it. Your childhood injury, your high school prom, your fun college years, your wedding, the birth of your kids, the trips to Disney, your parents' divorce, the loss of a loved one. See, all of these are experiences who shape who you are today, and they're also ways that God has been shaping you for service. And so how can we be available with our experiences Once more, we're going to turn over to the book of Philippians. I hope you'll do that if you have your Bible with you. And we're going to take a look at a man who was able to use his experiences in service to the Apostle Paul and in service to the Lord. Now we're going to be going over to Philippians chapter 2, starting with verse 25. And the man that we're talking about today is not somebody that you might have heard of before, or if you have, you may not be too familiar with him. His name is Epaphroditus and Paul is going to be te- is going to tell us a little about him here in chapter 2. And so head on over to chapter 2 verse 25. And we're going to read what Paul has to say. Paul says, "But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs, for he longs for all of you and is distressed because he heard you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill." And almost died. But God had mercy on him. And not only on him, but also on me. To spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him. So that when you see him again, you may be glad. And I may have less anxiety. So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy. And honor people like him. Because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. Now, The reason you may not have heard of Epaphroditus is because, well, we don't really know much about him outside of this passage. His name only appears twice in the Bible, and they're both in the book of Philippians. So we know that he was a member of the church in Philippi, and later in chapter 4, we know that he carried a gift from the believers in Philippi to the apostle Paul while he was in prison. And that's it. That's all we know. That's the only two mentions that he's got. But you know what? As we've said before, Uh, He's got two more mentions than I do in the Bible, so he's doing pretty good. You know, anonymity is typical, though, of faithful servants to the church throughout its history. People who serve behind the scenes without great recognition or accolades, they just go about their business in humility. And the same is true of many of you today. You serve without expecting to receive anything back. You serve without expecting recognition, but people notice Your church staff notices. And most importantly, God notices. You know what? We're so thankful for those of you that serve week in and week out, doing the things that people may not notice, but allow us to do what we're doing in ministry. So thank you. You know, although we don't know much about Epaphroditus, we know from this passage that we just read that he had some valuable experiences that he was allowing God to use for the work of the kingdom. We know that he had a salvation experience because Paul calls him a brother. We know he had an educational experience because Paul calls him a coworker, which leads us to believe that Paul must have mentored him somewhere along the way. We know he had relational experiences because, you know, Epaphroditus and Paul, they had gone through some tough times together, leading Paul to call him a fellow soldier. You know, some of our closest friendships are the ones that are forged from hardship and difficulty. Our closest friends come from the times where it was the hardest. We know he had a painful experience. Paul says that Epaphroditus was physically ill and almost died, going as far to say that he almost died for the work of Christ. And finally, we know he had a healing experience. Whatever caused Epaphroditus to be so ill, God healed him of it. And Paul said that God had mercy on him and saved Paul from sorrow upon sorrow. Epaphroditus was a man of many experiences, and he used them all for the Lord. He was available with his experiences. And Paul said to him, said to welcome him and the Lord with great joy and honor people like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help that you yourselves could not give me. Now, Paul says, Epaphroditus... Risk his life in service of the Lord. And I'm not saying that if you make yourself available to serve here, that you're going to be risking your life by serving here at Gateway. But let's be honest, have you ever tried to teach nine preschoolers back there by yourself? Have you ever had to change a diaper blowout in the nursery? Like sometimes it feels like you're taking your life in your own hands. It's a, it is a crazy time. You know, Epaphroditus, he didn't Waste any of his experiences. He put them all, made them all available for the service of the Lord, and he put them all out there. He he made everything available. And so how can we be like him? How can we too make our experiences available for the Lord? Well, number one, don't waste them, embrace them. Rick Warren once said, experience is not what happens to you, is what you do with what happens to you. Don't waste your pain. Use it to help others. God doesn't want you to waste any of your experiences or your pain. Paul says in Romans 8.28, We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now I want to kind of break that down a little bit to make sure you fully get what Paul's saying here. Paul says, we know, not we think, not we hope. We know that in all things, God is working. Not some things, but God is working in everything in your life, in all things. And what an incredible thing it is to know that that God himself, the creator of the universe, is at work on your behalf. And his work is for the good. He's taking all the pain of your past, all the hurts and the heartache, all the mistakes and tough times, and he's making something beautiful out of them. And he's doing it for those who love him who have been called according to His purpose, which means that all of His children who have surrendered to Him and have been given a new name, a new hope, and a purpose in life, well, God is going to use all of your experiences for His good and for His glory. And I think it does us good to sometimes to remember that because of the sin in this broken world, we're going to be forced to endure some painful and unwanted experiences sometimes. Unfortunately, there's just no getting around that. Being a Christ follower doesn't make us immune to pain and heartbreak, but, but we also have this promise that God is working on our behalf. So instead of running away from God and blaming Him when we're forced to endure these experiences, let us run instead to the God that has promised to bring beauty to the ashes of your life. I don't know if you remember or are familiar with the, the story of Joseph from the book of Genesis. You know, Joseph was nearly killed by his brothers. And when they decided not to kill him, they sold him into slavery instead. While he was a slave, he was falsely accused of doing some things he shouldn't be doing with his master's wife and was thrown into prison. And while he was in prison, he was forgotten by the cupbearer and left there. But all along the way, his faith in the one true God never wavered. He never lost his faith. And at the end of the story in Genesis chapter 50, Joseph tells his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. What are the things in your life that you can look back on at the end of the day and say, the world intended it for, to harm me, but God intended it for good. Friends, you and I cannot change our past. We cannot keep ourselves from painful experiences. But we can embrace them and allow God to use our experiences for good. Second thing is we can learn from them. We can learn from our experiences. Two famous quotes that, we may have, that you may have heard before. First, those who ignore history are doomed to repeat it. And second, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. If we want to grow, we have to learn from our experiences. And so if you find yourself repeating the same mistakes over and over, it might be time to stop and start journaling your experiences. Think about how, why do I keep ending up in the same place? Why do I keep having this happen to me? The truth is you can't keep going down the same road and expect a different result. You know, we're able to convince ourselves every time we head down this road, we, we, we convince ourselves that, well, this time it's going to be different. Uh, This time I'm stronger. This time I'm a different person. This time they're a different person. And oftentimes, when we believe that, we find ourselves in the same place at the end. It's time to start learning from our experiences and take a different approach. The message paraphrase of Job 32 7 says, The longer that you live, the wiser you become. But here's the thing about that that's not necessarily a promise, it's a possibility. Because I think we could all name people that we've known for years that didn't get any wiser with age. And in most of those cases, it's because they never learn from their experiences. They just kept trying to do it over and over the same way. They're still trying to travel down the same road they did 15 or 20 years ago. Doing it the same way. See, wisdom comes when we learn from our experiences. The third way to make ourselves available with our experiences, is to use them to help others. You know, I'm sure that after all the time that he spent with Paul, Epaphroditus had a notebook full of lessons to help strengthen the believers. He was learning from the guy that was the face of using his experiences to help, try to help others in the faith. And I hope this morning that you can see the value in using your experiences to help others as well. You know, Earlier we said, don't waste your pain. And I hope you hear that and believe that. Because friends, every experience that you have from the mountaintop to the valley low can be used to help others. When you have a great experience at a new restaurant, what do you do? Well, these days you go on Yelp and you leave a review, right? But when you, have a new, when you try to a new restaurant, a lot of times you tell your friends, hey, man, well, I just went to this new place. They had some really great food. Or I got food poisoning there. Don't go there. That's awful, right? Use your experience to help others. Some of you are epic Disney World planners. And when you plan it down to the final detail and your family goes and has a great time, well, what what happens the next time you hear somebody going to Disney? Oh, my goodness, let me show you my notebook. I have everything planned out. You'll have a great time. You share your experience to help others. And that principle remains the same when it comes to the heavy stuff of life as well. When you have a family member battling addiction, you can use that experience to help others that might have never been through it before. When a loved one battles cancer, you can use that experience to come alongside people that are going through it now. When your spouse decides that they don't want to be with you anymore, you can use that experience to help somebody the next time it happens to them. And let's be real, nobody ever would choose to go through any painful experience. If we were given an option, we'd say, no, I would just take the easy path, please. But in a reality where you don't have a choice, don't waste your pain so here are four ways real quick to, to use your experience to help others. First, use them use your experiences to warn others. There are things you know now that got you into trouble that you could use to warn others so they don't have to go through the same pain that you did. In the, in the story of the rich man and Lazarus in Luke chapter 16, the rich man who had made mistakes and ignored the, poor, the plight of poor Lazarus finds himself in Hades, and he says to Abraham, warn my family so they will also find themselves in this place of torment. Second thing you could do is use them to teach others. When I think of warning others, I think of one of those street preachers with a megaphone yelling, repent, turn or burn. And you know what? Sometimes that's needed. But when I think of using your experience to teach others, I think of a parent teaching their children or one Christian discipling another. It is an intentional mentorship that you enter into, like being a personal coach. Paul told Timothy that the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust are reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Third, you can use your experiences to comfort others. Some of you might have very painful experiences that are behind you now, and I know you want to keep them there. They're in my past. I don't want to drum them up again. There are experiences of extreme loss and darkness. But don't waste your pain. You're going to meet somebody at some point who's going through what you went through. And in 2 Corinthians 1.3, Paul says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Use it to comfort others. And finally, we can use our experiences to inspire others. The Bible is full of stories of inspiration. History is full of stories of inspiration. And you you look at the end of Hebrews chapter 11, after sharing a long list of the stories of men and women of faith, the writer says, Well, what more shall I say? Then he says, I I don't have time to tell you about all the others who, who went about it in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. And this entire hall of faith list in Hebrews 11 was designed to inspire believers to keep the faith, to fight the good fight, to join, keep pressing on to go to the finish line. So let's Let us keep moving forward in our service of the Lord. Friends, our experiences are part of who we are. And we can try to put up the walls, protect ourselves, and ignore our past. Or we can make ourselves available and use the experiences that we've had, good or bad, to serve the kingdom. And I really think that some of the greatest things that can happen in the church are when people are willing to use their experiences to help others when they're going through it now. Spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. You'll just have to trust me it's there. Have you made yourself available yet? We've been going through this for five weeks. The whole month of October, we've been about our shape and making ourselves available. I hope God is stirring something in your heart. Some of you might have heard of Bob Goff. He's an author, and he has a pretty popular book called Love Does. It's one of my favorite books. Bob Goff is one of my favorite people, really. And while Bob has written books, he's actually a lawyer for his day job. And In what he does, the cases he takes, in his own words and love does, he says he spends a great deal of time working for kids in Uganda and India and chasing bad guys who hurt them. And Bob goes on to tell about a technique he has his clients do when they're being deposed for a case. He tells them to sit there and answer all of the questions honestly, but as they do so, sit palms up as you sit in the chair. Why does he do that? Because nobody can be defensive when your palm's up. See, our involuntary mechanism when we get defensive, when we get angry about something, is to clench our fists. It lets, allows us to lose our composure. allows us to get really upset. But nobody can be defensive with their palms up. And the best part of this is that Bob said that he learned it from Jesus himself. Because Jesus was palms up, all the time. See, palms up means you have nothing to hide, nothing to gain, nothing to lose. Palms up means being vulnerable, even if it means people might try to take advantage of you or might not appreciate what you're trying to do. Bob said that he learned that there is nothing in this world that he could really lose if he had Jesus. And throughout this series of Available, each week, I keep coming back to the image in my mind of being palms up. Because God has created each one of us to be used within the church. You all have a purpose. The question is, do you hear these messages each week and start clenching your fists because you've been burned before? I've been taken advantage of before. They They put too much on me too quick. Or is it because you don't have the time? I'm too busy. i got too much other stuff going on. Or is it because you don't think you're good enough? I hear you saying that I'm gifted. I have these abilities. I just don't think I fit in anywhere. Do you think you don't have the right personality? Or, in the full view of what Christ has done for you, do you approach palms up and say, here am I. Send me. Friends, being available means that we are surrendering. Because when you have Jesus, there's nothing you could really lose. Let's pray. Father God, we are thankful that we can gather here together as the body. And we know that you have gifted each one of us uniquely. You have given us these different personalities, these different abilities, different experiences different gifts, different passions, all to be used in your church. And so, Father, I pray that we would all hear this morning that we are, have been made for a purpose, we have been shaped for a purpose to be used in ministry in your church. There is nobody disqualified from that. There is nobody that has not been touched by you. And so, Father, this morning I pray that we would approach you palms up and say, I am available. I am vulnerable. I want to be used by you. Where do you need me? Where are you calling me to, Lord? Father, for too long, there's been just a small group of people that have been doing all the work of the church. And so I pray this morning that that would stop, that we would listen to the call of our hearts, that we would unclench our fist and say, I'm ready to be used. Not out of guilt, not because we feel like we have to to be a good Christian, but because we would know that we don't want to live any longer in a life of forgiveness and salvation only, but that we want to be like Jesus, that we have not come to be served, but to serve others, that we would humble ourselves to be a servant to you, that we would look at all that Jesus has done for us and say, here am I, send me. Father, we're so thankful for your love that you knit us together for a purpose, that you sent your son Jesus to be the ultimate atonement for our sins, to wipe them away, to give us a hope for eternity. We're thankful for your grace that you allow us to be a part of what you're doing. I pray that we would answer the call this morning. Father, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning, we're going to change things up a little bit. We're not going to do a typical response time. We've been going through this all month. And so, as we finish up this morning, we want to give you a few minutes to pray and consider where God is calling you. In the back of the seat in front of you, you're going to find a shape form that we hope you'll fill out and return to the basket in the back on the communion table back there as you leave this morning. And we believe that every Christ follower has been called to service for the kingdom. There's nobody that's exempt. There's nobody that was absent on the day that he handed it out. You've all been made with a purpose, on purpose. It's just up to you to say that you're available. And so this morning, I I hope that you'll prayerfully consider where God is calling you and fill out that form and turn it in. Now, if you're already involved in eight ministries, this is not a way to get you to, fill, to join four more. <laughs> All right? That's not the point. And this form is also not a binding contract. It's not going to hold up in a court of law. It's not a three-year commitment that we're going to chase you down about. We're not going to throw you to the wolves. We're not going to put you in charge of something just because you fill out this form. But what this form is, is an acknowledgement that I've made myself available during this, this month I feel God's call on my life, and I want to see what God can do with me if I just made myself available. So we're going to give you all a few minutes to just pray about it and see where God might be calling you to. I hope they'd be open and receptive to that. After a few minutes, the band will come and play our final song.